Um, we've been going through a, a mini-series. I've been going through a mini-series on Samson. And in the first week, really, I was just focusing on the fact that Samson was, his, his birth was, was announced by angels. His mother was barren. So he had a calling upon him um, to begin the deliverance of Israel from the Philistines. And he was called to be a Nazarite set apart for God. And I liken that to us, that actually we, it says in Scripture, we, are, we were known while before we were in our mother's womb, the Lord knew us and, and, uh, and was for us. And, and it says he has a plan and purpose for us. And it says that we are called into good works, which Christ has prepared in advance for us to do. So that, that was the first talk. And the second talk, really, was just looking at, at uh, three particular weaknesses that are, are known to, 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 uh, to men, but to people generally, which was the issues of money, sex, and pride, and, and how we saw in, in Samson those same weaknesses. There was the issue of, you know, he wanted to get these 30 sets of clothing. And if you know this, the story, but he told them a riddle about, what, um, about some honey in the carcass of a dead lion. And they would, there was no way they would, they would solve that riddle. So there was kind of, you know, like he was proud, he was puffed up, he wanted to show how clever he was, and he also wanted to make financial gain. But of course, he, could, you know, he saw this Philistine woman that really should have been out of bounds for him, but he just desired her, you know. And, and so he was kind of led in ways really that he shouldn't have been led. Um, but yet God used him. Yet God was gracious. And, just, and that's the same for us, how, how we can be sometimes. Uh, you know, although we know the law, but we can still sin. We can still let God down, but he still chooses to use us. Anyway, I'm going to just move on. I'm going to move today just into Judges chapter 15. So let me just read that to you. After some, and this is after um, Samson's wife um, has been given to somebody else because the, the father thought that Samson didn't want her. So after some days, at the time of the wheat harvest, Samson went to visit his wife with a young goat. He said, and he said, I will go into my wife in the chamber. But her, fa her father would not allow him to go in. And her father said, I really thought that you utterly hated her. So I gave her to your companion. Is not her younger sister more beautiful than she? Please take her instead. And Samson said to them, this time I shall be innocent in regard to the Philistines when I do them harm. So Samson went and caught 300 foxes uh, and took torches, and he turned them tail to tail and put a torch between each pair of tails. And when he'd set fire to the torches, he let the foxes go into the standing grain of the Philistines and set fire to the stacked grain and the standing grain, as well as the olive orchards. And then the Philistines said, who has done this? And they said, Samson the son-in-law of the Timnite, because he has taken his wife and given her to his companion. And the Philistines came up and burned her and her father with fire. And Samson said to them, if this is what you do, I swear I will be avenged on you. And after that, I will quit. And he struck them hip and thigh with a great blow. And he went down and stayed in the cleft of the rock at Etam. Then the Philistines came up and encamped in Judah and made a raid on Lehi. The men of Judah said, why have you come up against us? They said, we have come up to bind Samson, to do to him as he did to us. And then 3,000 men of Judah went down to the cleft of the rock at Etam and said to Samson, do you not know that the Philistines are rulers over us? 
What then is this that you've done to us? And he said to them, I did to, uh, as they did to me, so I have done to them. And they said to him, we have come down to bind you that we may give you into the hand of the Philistines. And Samson said to them, swear to me that you will not attack me yourselves. And they said to him, no, we will only bind you and give you into their hands. We will surely not kill you. So they bound him with two new ropes and brought him up from the rock. When he came to Lehi, the Philistines came shouting to meet him. Then the spirit of the Lord rushed upon him and the ropes that were on his arms became as flax that, has been, that had caught fire and his bonds melted off his hands. And he found a fresh jawbone of a donkey and he put out his hand and took it. And with it, he struck a thousand men. And Samson said, with the jawbone of a donkey, heaps and heaps. With the jawbone of a donkey, I've struck down a thousand men. There's a better translation, actually, in the NIV on that one. As soon as he finished speaking, he threw away the jawbone out of his hand. And that was the place called Ramath-Lehi. And he was very thirsty, and he called out upon the Lord, You have granted this great salvation by the hand of your servant. And shall I now die of thirst and fall into the hands of the uncircumcised? Then God split open the hollow place that is at Lehi, and water came out from it. And when he drank, his spirit returned, and he revived. Therefore, the name of that was called Enhakalori, or something like that, as it is in Lehi to this day. And he judged Israel in the days of the Philistines 20 years. Now, that's just gone off. Just let me just switch it back on again. Uh-huh. Just timed it wrong. Okay, good. Okay, I want us to look at two main issues, really, today. The issue of taking revenge and the way that God continually brings us back to reliance on him. Okay? Now, I don't know about you, but when you read that story of Samson, he doesn't come across as particularly level-headed, calm person, does he? Um, He doesn't seem wise or measured in any way. And yet, of course, we know that he is listed in Hebrews 11 in the list that we call the heroes of faith. But his attitude is, right, you wait. I'm going to get even with you. That seems to be his attitude all the time. You know, God, do you know that that is not a godly attitude? Getting even is not a godly attitude. God tells us in Deuteronomy, 32, 35, it is mine to avenge, I will repay. I did a search for the word vengeance in in this ESV translation. It occurred a number of times in the Old Testament. How many times do you think it occurred in the New Testament? None. None. Not once. The word vengeance is not, I couldn't find it in the New Testament. Paul in Romans 12 says, do not repay evil for evil. It says, and, and it, it says, do not take revenge and quotes that Deuteronomy verse. Paul quotes that same verse. Peter in 1 Peter 3 goes even further. He says, do not repay evil with evil, but repay evil with good or evil with blessing. Now, 
Samson, of course, is in Old Testament times, and, and God was able to use Samson's vengeful nature to begin the deliverance of Israel from the Philistines, which is what Samson was called to do. You know, one wonders, though, how much greater a deliverance he might have brought about if he'd walked in godly obedience to the Lord. But the Lord used him through his weaknesses, as he uses us through our weaknesses. Incidentally, by the way, it's thought that the foxes were actually jackals. I mean, that's an amazing story, isn't it? Getting 300 foxes. I mean, what kind of warped mind comes up with a plan like that? It's thought they might be more jackals because they hunt in packs and therefore it would be easier to, to round up the jackals than it would be to, to round up secretive foxes. But even so, you still needed a work of God to accomplish such a task, don't you? You can't do that, humanly speaking. You can only do something as bonkers as that when God makes it possible. Then if you noticed, he said, later on you will notice, that after they burned his wife to death, he said, I will be avenged, and after that, I will quit. Who knows? that vengeance never stops once you start on that road. You might think it will, but it doesn't. You know, Gandhi, who's not a Christian, of course, but Gandhi once said, an eye for an eye will make the whole world blind. And that's probably true. A couple of weeks ago, Andrew read the Philippians passage, which said, may our attitude be as that of Christ. And surely that's our whole purpose and desire, isn't it, as Christian believers, to become more like Jesus and our attitudes to be shaped by Jesus. And what did Christ say on the cross? He said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Actually, I saw a Facebook post the other week that had that written in big letters above the worship band, which <laughs> kind of made me laugh. But anyway, um, <laughs> But, <laughs> but, but that is the attitude of Christ. Father, forgive them. Not, I'm going to get even with them. The attitude of Christ. And I feel that this may be a word for one or two people today who may be struggling with unforgiveness, wanting to get even. Maybe there are things, issues that there's a few people here this morning. And I'm just saying to you, be a disciple of Christ. Do what Christ says, bless and do not curse. Pray for those who mistreat you. Let God be the one who sorts it out. Let God be the one. He will sort things out. Now, you might not be falling into the sins of money, sex and pride, but are you blocking your growth as a Christian by holding unforgiveness and a desire to get even? It will prevent you from progressing in your faith. Ask the Lord for grace to respond in his way. May our attitude be as that of Christ. My second point is about the matter of reliance upon God. There are a few interesting things to note in this story of the slaughter with the jawbone of an ass. Firstly, it says Samson slew 1,000 men. Does that mean that there were more than a thousand and some escaped, 
Or does it mean that there were actually just about a thousand men that came on against him? In which case, I want to know, why didn't the 3,000 Israelites feel able to take them on? If there were a thousand men, now it might be that there were a lot more than a thousand men and they all ran off, I don't know. But the second thing is, why did the Israelites take sides with their oppressors rather than with their deliverer? The, the, the quote was, they said, don't you know that the Philistines rule over us? And the question is, is that true? Is that true? Do the Philistines rule over the people of God? Or does God rule over the people of God? What's the truth here? What lies of Satan are we believing? The Israelites were believing that the Philistines were their rulers. They'd lost sight of the truth that God is their ruler. What lies are we believing? And note the faith of Samson. He believed that God would deliver him from the hands of the Philistines. He was willingly allowed him, he willingly allowed himself to be bound and tied and be given up to the Philistines. You know, unless God turned up, he was going to a Philistine barbecue and he wasn't going as a guest. Unless God turned up. But he had faith that God was going to turn up. It's said that a preacher gave a five-point sermon around the use of a donkey's jawbone as a weapon, and he likened it to the gospel. I mean, it's not your first thought, is it, of, of a weapon to use uh, to go around attacking people. Oh, I'll pick up a donkey's jawbone. It said, A, it was a novel weapon. In other words, it's not what you expect to be using. B, it was a convenient weapon. It was to hand. You didn't have to go searching for it. C, it was a simple weapon. It wasn't fashioned and made in a complex, through a complex process in a foundry or anything like that. D, it was a ridiculous weapon. Well, it was, wasn't it, really? It's a pretty, pretty stupid weapon, really. Pick up a donkey's jawbone. And E, it was a successful weapon. And you can't argue with that, can you? But likewise, so is the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God for salvation with the divine power to the tearing down of strongholds. That's what it says. So when we battle with our enemy, the devil, we use the weapons that God has given us in his gospel. We can use prayer and proclamation. We can pray. We can proclaim. We can stand for truth. You know, sometimes it, people think, well, it's not much of a... It's not much of a weapon, is it? Actually, there's no greater weapon than the gospel. And fifthly, after his great victory, I don't know if you noticed, but, but Samuel kind of whinges like a drama queen. You know, oh, shall I now die of thirst and fall into the hands of the uncircumcised Philistines? But some, some commentators suggest, actually, that this thirst and this deep need came from God. This sense of weakness and fainting was God's way of showing Samson that the victory was from God and not from his own strength. In, in the, just in case that having won such a victory, he might become 
puffed up and a bit full of himself. As in, indeed, we begin to see a little bit of that in his, in his song that he begins to sing about himself. So this is my second point to us at Weymouth Family Church. You know, sometimes God will, f- will follow a great victory with a deep emptiness so that we will continue to rely on him and not deceive ourselves into thinking that we finally arrived. And I think, following on from what Pauline brought last week, I think this is a season that we have gone through and are now emerging from. You know, we saw a wonderful success last year with the purchase of this building. Our hopes were really high. We, we thought, you know, we've got all sorts of new ways that we can serve this community, all sorts of new ways that we couldn't before. We didn't have a building. Now we've got a building. We're going to do this activity. We're going to do that activity. We're going to, say, we're going to win Weymouth by tea time. Um, and it hasn't quite worked out that way, has it? You know, leaking roofs, freezing rooms through the winter, serious illnesses, people feeling the need to stand down and step back, It hasn't gone as we thought it might, if we're honest. But friends, I believe the Lord is in all of this. He wants us to continue to be completely reliant on him. This is what I believe Pauline was prophesying last week, that we're entering a new chapter. We've seen lives touched by the gospel in our Alpha course. We've had baptisms. We've had four couples come into membership, three this morning. We've got one more to do. The doors are open. People are stopping, looking in. Hopefully, we're going out and meeting with them out there as well. The Lord is with us. Believe and have faith that he will turn up for us just as he did for Samson. He hasn't brought us this far to abandon us. Continue to pray that we will proclaim Jesus, love people, and transform this community. So in summary, as we respond to the Lord in a moment, James is going to come, Hannah, come up, Mike, just lead us in a song. And we're going to have a song of, you know, just, to, just in our hearts to respond. But I want to ask, are there areas of unforgiveness and wanting to get even that you need to repent of and want to be prayed for in those things? Have you been through a time of, of emptiness? You know, it was all going so well, but suddenly God seems very distant. Is that a testimony for you? It was all going so well, but I really feel at the moment God is so distant. And are there lies that you are believing? The Philistines rule over us. No, they don't. The Lord Jesus rules over us. Are there any lies that you are believing that you think, I've just seen it? Yeah. Are there things you want prayer for? So. Have faith. Have faith like Samson did. Like him, you may not be perfect. In fact, I know you're not, but you are in Christ. And the Lord will not let you be defeated. Weymouth Family Church, believe God is with us. Believe God is doing stuff amongst us. Believe that the transformation that Brian was was talking about, we can begin to see more of that and what we're doing, and with the other churches around us as well, not just us, of course, but but here across Weymouth and Portland, that we will see God at work. Amen? Amen. If you want to be prayed for, please let that be known at the end. We can pray for you for whatever it is. Um, 
whatever you feel you, you want to respond to. Uh, but even as we sing this, this final song of just response, be re responding in your heart to 